So it's finally happened. It is January 1st, 2021. We have made it through 2020. And this is the first episode in 2021 of Mystic Stew, where I'm going to be answering seven questions that were given to me by my listeners. I hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to Mystic Stew. My name is David Hansel. I am an intuitive medium, and this is another show where I'm going to answer questions that I have received from some of my listeners. Before I begin, I want to let you know that these answers that I give are based on my perception, my, I, my opinion, who I've spoken to um, from this world and from other worlds, things I've learned in my 50 odd years on this earth and um, 50 odd years going back and forth between the other side and here. With that being said, if there's something that doesn't resonate with you that I say, don't worry about it. Um, your perception may be different than mine and that's okay. It's supposed to be that way. So just go ahead and discard it. Um, and if you agree with something I say, I invite you to investigate it even more on your own and come up with a conclusion or perception that truly sings to your heart. Okay, now with that being said, the first question is from Deanne. And she writes, she says, um, Will people automatically fall away to the wayside, which no longer align with us, or serve our highest, greatest good? Or do we have to cut ties with them individually? Well, you do have to do the work yourself. If there are people around you that are no longer making you happy and they're making you miserable or you're making them miserable, then you need to cut ties. You need to go ahead and go on your own way. It's that simple. And eventually they're just going to fall away from you. Now there are some people who will eventually fall away. If they're not vibing up with you, you'll notice that you'll have this really good friend and all of a sudden you just start talking you stop talking to each other. You stop calling each other every day. They just kind of slowly fade into the distance. That happens. And that's basically you doing it you know, unconsciously. You're unconsciously separating yourself from each other because it's, there's just no purpose uh, to, your, uh, to your friendship or your knowingness to each other at this point in time. That, that doesn't mean that you're not friends on the other side or that you're not souls who know each other. It just means in this lifetime... Uh, it's just not serving a purpose. So they will fall away. But you do have to do the work. If somebody keeps sticking around, don't wait for the universe to do something. Uh, do it yourself. Um, the universe will let you know. And that is by making you feel uncomfortable. The more uncomfortable you feel around somebody, that is more of a prompt for you to say, okay, I need to step away. Thank you, Deanne, for that question. Um, the next question is from a friend of mine, uh, Deborah. And Deborah is a healer, a wonderful healer. So this question is, is going to be is a really good question. And um, uh, this is my perception. And Deborah, I hope this helps you out and anybody else who's wondering this. Deborah asks, do you see two Earths, either dimensionally, physically, or esoterically, with those who want to move to 5D? Um, were those 
where some people who wish to remain in 3D, will they remain here? And can we interact or will we interact with people staying in 3D or will they disappear? So let's talk about the Ds. <laughs> We're going to call them the Ds. I'm going to give you a quick, everybody a quick lesson. I'm going to change the word uh, dimension to density and make it easier. It can be either way. Uh, if you're talking dimensionally, that's going to be more of a scientific thing. Um, and it won't make sense to spiritualists. Density is different. All right. So density, number one, first density, first density is the, it's the, I am, it's the, I am, and that's all there is. So the water, the wind, they live in the density, uh, or they're aware of the density by just being aware pretty much of themselves. And that's it. There's nothing else around them. That's, they're just aware that's all. Um, if you destroyed the water or the earth or something like that, they would simply just go away to wherever density then they would go to next. Um, but first density is that there's a lot of insects are in first density. Um, some plants and flowers are in first density, but then there is second density. That is where you now can, um, uh, you can differentiate between moments. So in the first density, you're in the same moment constantly. It's just that moment. It's just you. It's just there. Second density, you're aware of a moment, but then you're aware that the moment passed and there's another moment. So that's it. You're aware of two moments. You know, this happened and that happened. Wait, this happened before. Okay, that happened before. It's a little bit more linear there. Um, a lot of animals are in that. A lot of plants, trees, flowers are in the second density. They're aware. They're totally aware. Uh, lower form animals uh, or insects that are in 2D, they're aware of each and every moment. So if a fly lands on your car, he knows he's on your car. And if he goes and flies someplace, he will realize that I left the car and I'm going over to the flower to sit and that's it. That's, that's it. Then we go to third. Third is, that's the focus. That's when you start focusing on, I am, I am, I have a body. I have a world around me. I have cars in front of me. I have friends. I have food. I have a rock in my hand. I have all this. There's more awareness and more awareness of space and time. So, and which kind of go together. You're totally aware of time. You're aware of space. You're aware of yourself. And that's it. That's that's the third dimension. And that's how you're living right now. Fourth fourth density would be your dream state. Uh, that'd be how I would put it. It's like your dream state. So in the fourth density, you can have a body in your fourth density. And you do have a body most of the times when you go in that dream state. But you have powers. Everybody else has powers. It's almost chaotic. If you look at your dreams, don't they seem kind of chaotic? Um, they're not really cut and dry. They're they're not super linear either. They're just kind of, the linear was taken away. Everything just seems to be happening all the time. That's fourth, uh, fourth density. And then there is fifth density. We're going to go just, we're going to stop at five. There's many, many dimensions. Some say 12, some say 13, but then there are some that say there are millions and hundreds and thousands of them, which I have to agree with on that one. I think there's a lot of different densities, but fifth, um, if you are in 5D, we'll say, and everybody keeps saying the world's going into 5D, but here's what 5D is. 5D is that point where you're just, you have no, there's no worry. 
you don't care about money. You don't care about health. You don't care. You're not afraid. You feel perfectly safe. Everything is just there. You're just, you know, you're very concentrated on spiritualism, the spirit, helping spirit, trying to bring the higher vibration that you possibly could all the time, 24 hours a day, which actually 24 hours a day doesn't exist because in 5D, there is no time and space. Everything is always happening all the time. Now, that always confused me when people say, well, the earth is going from 3D into 4D into 5D and we're going to be in 5D. And it's like, well, if you were in 5D, you wouldn't have a body anymore. Um, the more you go up in dimensions, the lighter you are. We have to come from where we are to a third density. So that means we're getting heavier as we come here. And that's why we have mass. That's why we can touch each other. That's why we can pet a dog or pet a cat because we have, we're very slow. Everything's very slow. So it has matter and substance to it. So the world 1D, 2D, 3D, 4D, 5D is all existing at the same exact time. It's always happening and you can move within each dimension. And we always have been. The earth is moving through dimensions constantly. Um, the earth is going, is moving into a higher density. So the people on it who will start to feel lighter, you'll start to feel everything, but you're never going to lose your body while you're here anyway. Because of the fact that if you did, you would be dead. If you didn't have this body and you weren't in, if you weren't in some sort of 3D dimension at some point, you would no longer have a body. You, you just wouldn't exist. It, you get very, you get a very wispy body as you move up. Let's put it that way. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, so Deborah, I can tell you this, Deborah, I'm going to adjust this to Deborah. When you do your work as a healer, and at that moment when you're doing your work, I can only assume that you're not thinking about money. You're not thinking about health. You're not thinking about anything else except for the work that you are doing. At that moment, you are in 5D. That is 5D. That is the fifth density. That is, you are, you are where you at. If you were no longer in your physical body and for lack of a better word, dead, that is where you are, the work that you are doing. Another way to experience 5D, how many times has anybody walked to the edge of the ocean and just had the waves come up and you just listened to everything and you didn't, you had no fear of anybody running up behind you to kill you. You had no fear of where you're going to get your next meal. You had no fear of what time you had to go to work. You, you didn't care about anything around you. It was only you in that moment, just observing everything and just letting the thoughts go through your head and not judging them. That's a moment of 5D. Yes, you can be in 5D and still interact with people in 3D, um, but you'll be traveling through dimensions. In order to interact from somebody in 3D, you have to come out of 5D to be in 3D or you won't be able to interact with them. You could telepathically, but that's about it. The earth is moving to a lighter stage. More people are becoming more spiritual orientated. Um, they, um, a lot of people are pretty much not wanting to hurt other people. People are wanting to start helping people. That was a big part of 220. We had to realize what was happening to kind of give us that boost to come upwards. So um, to answer your question, yes, you will be interacting with people in 3D 
while you are in 5D. And right now, basically, the Earth is going through 4D. It's going through four dimension right now. That that explains all a little bit of the chaos that's happening. There's a lot of chaos in 4D. Not not bad chaos, but it's just uh, it doesn't seem like there's an order to it. Sometimes, sometimes it's just wonderful to be in 4D. Though, I mean, if you ever had dreams, or you're just like, I don't even know what's happening in this dream. I'm just gonna freaking enjoy it. You know, that's 4D. Um, so yeah, keep doing the spiritual work. Anybody who's listening to this, who is a spiritual person or is somebody who cares about and starting to see past all the things that are going on. You're starting to see that everything that people are telling you isn't as real as they say, like reality TV shows, no such thing as reality TV show. None of them are real. Somebody is always getting you to think what they want you to think. So you're still in 3d if you're watching a reality TV show, um, yeah, once you start realizing everything's fake, that's putting you in 4D right there. It's putting you into that chaos, and it's a wonderful place to be, really. And then when you leave this earth, um, and like I said, nobody dies. And I said that again as a medium. Nobody dies. When you leave this body and you switch back dimensions to the next dimension you go into, um, you'll have a lot lighter body or no body or wherever you're going to go to. Um, in the meantime, I suggest to people that we worry less about the actual name of the dimensions we're going through and just do the work that you know in your heart you're meant to do and it automatically takes you to exactly where you need to be. I hope that helped or made sense and I didn't ramble too much. All right, the next one is, by the way, Deborah, awesome question and I'm so glad you asked it. Nicole asks, if you come to earth with a plan and you have created a goal, then why is it so hard to remember the plan or purpose? Also, what happens if you never remember to find your purpose? Oh my gosh. Well, what happens is you're going to burn in a fiery pit of hell if you don't remember exactly what you came here to do and you failed. That's what religion would have you believe. That's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, sometimes I like to think of life as an actual game that we're playing. You're, you're where you are, you know, you're where you come from, let's say the other side. And you're like, gosh, I want to go play that earth game again. They're like, oh yeah, I do too. Let's go down and play the earth game. Um, but you have to know part of the rules of the earth game is coming here with that veil of forgetfulness, which is pretty much the best way to call it the veil of forgetfulness. Um, Every entity that comes to this earth has to go through that veil. You have to. If you came here knowing everything perfectly, you wouldn't learn anything. You would just come down here and do powerful things and people would think you were a God or Jesus or something. And there would be probably cause more chaos on this earth than what happened, you know, what we need. You come down here to forget. The goal is to remember. Okay. Now people say, how do I know when I remember? When you feel that it's the right thing you're doing. That is you remembering exactly what happened. Don't ever worry about forgetting to do what you're supposed to do. Your soul knows. Your soul knows exactly what you're supposed to do and it points you there. And if there's something that you didn't accomplish, it doesn't make you a loser. You're still a winner for coming here and even trying. I will say most people from what they tell me have accomplished what they came here to accomplish. It's just that some people's accomplishments are very minor. Some people come here saying, I'm going to take a break. I'm just going to come here and have a life. 
I'm going to maybe have a kid, get a husband. Um, I'm not going to go to the stores. I'm not going to involve in politics. I'm not going to worry about diseases or anything like that. I just want to come here and live and do these little things and maybe help somebody else who's accomplishing something big. And that's their, that's what they want them to do. then they have some people who want to rush and learn everything they possibly can in one lifetime so they can get that expansion. And they take on the hardest human life possible. They might be born with no arms and legs and joined together with three other human beings and, you know, and be, have some kind of disability. I mean, but they do that because they are souls who are trying to progress fast. It's not always recommended that they do it. Some do it and they do progress quickly, but they go through a lot to do it. Um, you pick what you do. I always say this, you know, if this helps anybody out in any way, the crap that you go through in your daily life, I want you to say to yourself, you know what? I went through some crap and I did it. And I give yourself a pat on the back and know that you gave yourself that crap in a way, not in all ways, but in a way, and that you did it. And that it is only going to make you more expansive than you ever thought your soul could ever be once you get to where you're going. So don't ever worry about your plan, your life purpose too much. Just go ahead through life, follow the prompts. And when I, by saying that, when you have, when it comes time to make a choice, if that choice feels good to you, make that choice. If the choice doesn't feel good for you, then don't do it. It's pretty much that simple. Do what's, whenever you do something too, do it for the greater good of not only you, but for all involved. So when you make a choice to do something, if it's only going to benefit you and nobody else on this planet, it's probably not, <laughs> I mean, you can make that choice. It's not a big deal. God doesn't care if you made that choice. It really doesn't. It's like, yeah, they made the choice. Now they know what that experience is. Now I know what that experience is. But if you make the choice that is for you, for the good of you and for the good of all involved, your life is only going to automatically get better. It's how it's how the universe works. It's one of the laws. You know, there's very many laws for the universe. There's also laws for each dimension, going back to Debbie's uh, question before. Every dimension has its own laws. Like in the third dimension, you can't fly around. You can't walk through a wall. In the fourth dimension, you can fly around and you can walk through a wall. In the fifth dimension, you, can, you don't really care. You just do whatever you want to do at any point in time and everything's lovely at that point. Um, so, and if you will need to learn something more or experience something more, then you come back down to this dimension and know this too, that besides this dimension on earth, there's a million other planets and a million other beings being reincarnated every day like this. And you know, you're, you're not only on this planet, but you could have gone to a million other planets and a million other dimensions. And you know, everybody says, well, am I a star person? I don't know. Do you mean, do you always look like a lizard in your real body? I don't know, because maybe that was only a body that you took to experience something on that planet. It's really huge and it's really expansive and it'll blow your mind apart if you ever sit there and uh, just do all the meditation it takes and ask all the questions and do all the research and, you know, it will blow your mind away. So my advice is um, your sole purpose, you, you're doing it. You're doing your sole purpose. Your sole purpose was to come here and experience something. At the very least, you're doing it. So I really wouldn't worry about that. And just do things uh, and follow your heart. All right. Uh, Stephanie asks, why are some spiritually woke or tuning in spirituality and others are not? 
What factors contribute? What a wonderful question to have after that question. Um, let's see. The, some people came here and they wanted to be spiritually awake. They wanted it to be easier. So things were set up. People would come into their path to say stuff to them to trigger them. That's just because that's they needed to be like that in order to do the work that they wanted to do. But then Joe Schmo might come here and say, well, my whole work is to just come and do this and that and inspire people for this, that, and everything. Not a big deal. Don't care about fame. Don't care about any of that. I just want to be an inspiration to people. So he comes here and he doesn't even really need to be spiritually woke. He already has that purpose in mind. That's just going to happen. Um, most likely, Joe Schmo will probably end up being spiritually woke by the end of his life. Most people are spiritually woke by that last moment or their last breath. They get to a point where they are woke. So that's why some are woke and some aren't. Some just decided they're going to be. Um, and then there were some who came here specifically for that purpose. And there's some who came here specifically not for that purpose. Anybody who is spiritually awake, trust me. You wanted to be spiritually awake. That's just how it was. That's how you decided it. Nobody else decided that. You did. You did it for the experience and possibly, probably to help this world. Um, every world has its, tri uh, has its things that happen to it. And there's always going to be a being on there to help it along. And that's what a lot of spiritually awake people do. They help it along. But then again, on the downside, there's a lot of spiritually awake people who try to take it in the opposite direction. Spiritually awake doesn't necessarily mean spiritually good. There are spiritually awake people who don't want everyone to be like them. There are, uh, you can see that in competition. I mean, I see it in competition between healers and mediums and spiritual people all the time. One person will say one person, one person will say the other. And if that person said something different from you, then they condemn them and they, they condemn you and they do everything they can to shut you down. It's just their thing. And they're awake. They know what they're doing. That's what it's going to do. All right. The next uh, question is from Lori, who asked three of them, but I got to take one of them. Otherwise... This podcast will be seven hours long, which it could be just based off each one of these questions. Um, if you lived in a previous life and somehow managed to now in this life, find a grave from your previous life, how would it or would it affect you now? Would it ripple in your Akashic records? I don't know. It wouldn't ripple me. If I found a grave of the person I was before, I'd be like, oh, cool. That basically my, would be my response. I would be floored. It'd be cool. Um, I wouldn't care. No, it doesn't affect your Akashic records at all because the Akashic records are nothing more than um, the record of every thought, emotion, everything you've ever done, anybody else has ever done. That's all it is. It's a recording. It's the recording of um, the past, present, and the future. It's it's everything happening at the same time. Hard to explain. Um, if some people... It might not be good for them to find a grave. If, if let's go back to Joe Schmo, who came here to just be a normal person and he went and somebody showed him, Hey, Joe Schmo, here's a grave. And it says Joe Schmo on it from 1819. And then they dig it up and lo and behold, there you are dead in that casket. Would that be good for Joe Schmo? No, it probably uh, mess up his life. It might mess up his life. It might be like, why did you show me that? Now my life has changed. I liked it the way it was. It didn't need to change. 
you know. So it all depends. If it's good for you to know this information, the information will be brought to you. Trust me. If you need to know the information, the universe will find a way to get it to you, whether that's seeing a medium or having a near-death experience or meeting a loved one or something, anything. The universe will get you the message if it's needed to get to you. If it doesn't need to get to you, then it's not going to. Then it just won't matter. Um, Kim asks, how can you tell a fake twin flame from a real twin flame? That is a loaded question. And I won't get into the whole thing because I know a lot of people would get mad at me because I have a different perception of twin flame and soulmate and all that. Um, and I'll talk about that one time. Maybe I'll do, I think I'll do a separate podcast just on twin flames and soulmates because it, they are such buzzwords that people use and they don't really even know the true meanings of them. In a twin flame, in short, it's supposed to be a soul that is split apart, which is odd because how could a soul split into two people? So basically a twin flame is one soul living in two different people. And then you're supposed to find yourself when you come here. That's your monumental task, <laughs> which I seem to me seems like a waste of life to find that person because there's so much more. But I mean, Hey, if you want to know the, you know how you can tell a fake twin flame from a real twin flame, I can tell you this. If there's another half of you walking around this earth that's actually your twin and it's actually your soul and you see each other, you're going to know each other. You're going to know everything about you and you will know if it's fake or not. You will absolutely know. And if it turns out not being that person, then yes, it was fake. There's really no way to tell. Um, love is blind. And we do. We put those blinders on. We'll find this person go, oh, I know there's my twin flame. They're just like me. Well, they shouldn't be just like you. They should be somewhat like you, but they should be a mirror of you. They might be the evil half of you. We don't know where that soul was split. <laughs> Plus a twin flame to me, if that soul was split in half, and that was that's basically to spread love in two directions. It's to spread more love. So if two twin flames come together, it's not always for romance. The romance is with the divine. It's not with each other. That would be, you would be having a relationship with yourself. And a lot of people will look for a twin flame saying, well, I'm missing a part of me. No, there, even a twin flame is not the half that can make you whole again. You were born whole. You always will be whole. You will never not be whole. There is no person on this earth that can complete you. There's people on this earth that will feel like they complete you and make you happy and you'll make them happy. And that's wonderful. That is what I think we should look for in this lifetime. Look for somebody who's not only good for you, but you are good for them and that it works both ways. And you don't ever have to ever have a thought in your, in your during the day of them leaving you or you leaving them. You never would have to question it. You would never have to question it. And if it is your twin flame, that's another thing. There would never be a question about it. It would never even cross your mind. And if it ever does cross your mind, then most likely that's not them. Okay. Last question is, what happens to the psyche and soul fragmentation? Is it traumatic for the body? That's really interesting. And um, in soul fragmentation, like I said, so many ways to look at it. This is how I look at it from some shaman's point of view. Okay, say if you're in a, uh, you come here and in this lifetime, we're just going to concentrate in this lifetime. So you're in this lifetime and uh, I'm going to make it less dramatic, but say I'm a kid and I'm in uh, high school or elementary school and five bullies 
jump on me and start beating the living crap out of me and hurting me really bad and calling me names and everything. There's going to be a part of my soul that says, I'm going to walk away from this, this memory right now and go out there so you can go on and live your life. Okay. So that's fragmented away. Let's say, let's just say that's what happened in this instance. And the bullies stop and I go about my life. I seem to clean up from that traumatic incident. It seems to be okay, but it's still going to always pop back in. And it's popping back in because that fragment is out there someplace. It's always out there saying, come get me now. I went away to protect you so you didn't have to deal with this for a while, but now you're starting to remember, so I need to come back so we can deal with it. So you bring that soul fragmentation back to you. And then you can deal with it. It's a lot easier when it comes back to you. When that soul fragment is off in the ether someplace, that's kind of almost like if you had a thumb, somebody took your thumb and took it off your hand and threw it and hit it someplace. But you can still feel your thumb, but you can't see it. It's like, hey, I had a thumb. Somebody threw it away someplace, but it still feels like it was there. I can tap it. I still feel it. You know, it's like missing a limb. Basically, it's what soul fragmentation is. And when there's too much of it, yeah, it's probably bad for the body. And there are people who specialize in it. There are shamans who can specialize in bringing these soul fragments back and blowing them back into your body. And it's just absolutely beautiful ceremony. I don't know how to do that ceremony yet. I strive and wish to learn it. It's... It's not traumatic on the body as much as it, on the physical as it is on the spiritual um, part of it. Um, our, we, can, we have a way of dealing with really bad things in this lifetime. And our soul fragmenting off for that little piece of us with that memory of that going off is a way of protecting us. That little girl or that little boy who went through hell um, and who's out there someplace and you're just going about your life, but in the background, there's like, boy, there's just something that's not right. It's usually that little boy, that little girl, or that person from that, that needs to be talked to. It needs to get to them and say, hey, I get what you went through. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for going away from me. I'm asking you to come back to me now. Come back to me, and we'll deal with this together. That's kind of how I see it. That's <laughs> the easiest way I can explain it in such a short period of time. It's a lot longer and a lot more intense, but um, that would be it. I would like to thank you guys very much for asking these questions. I hope they made sense to you. And if you have a question, feel free to write me at david at theywhispertome.com or go to my Facebook group, The Spirit Experience, and I will uh, try to get your question on the next show. Or you can leave me a actual voicemail on the um, podcast you're listening to where it says messages and I will use that message live. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. You take care. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. I would like to thank you for joining me for my first episode of Mystic Stew for 2021. If you have any questions for me or you have show ideas or are interested in being on the show, write to me at david at theywhispertome.com or you can follow me on Instagram at mediumdavidhansel or visit my Facebook page, They Whisper to Me, or my group, The Spirit Experience. If you'd like a reading or to know more about me, you can go to my website, theywhispertome.com. If you use the code MYSTICSTEW2020, it'll take off 10% off any service that you order. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful new year, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.